everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation with successful business owners who share their secrets of thriving in business while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Today, we're going to be talking with Gabe Nelson, and Gabe is someone I've met recently and I've had several conversations with, and I really enjoy talking to, and I know you guys are going to enjoy talking to him too. So I suggest you grab a pen and a piece of paper, sit back, get comfortable, and get set for 30 minutes or so of really interesting conversation. Is everybody ready? I know I am, and welcome, Gabe. Thank you, Nancy. I am really excited to be here with you and uh, look forward to our conversation. Uh, I so do too. Gabe, tell us a little bit about who you are and why you're on this road to doing podcasts and sharing. What is it that you share with people and why should we be interested? Ah, well, first of all, I I have to be have to be safe and say, I am a husband. I am a father. I am uh, a a retired triathlete. I did a whole bunch of Ironman triathlons in my day. And uh, I could continue to go on and talk about that piece uh, for, for a while. So if you ever want to dig into that, I'm, I'm happy to go there. But what brings me to you today is I own and operate an independent financial advisory firm. I also have a podcast, and the uh, independent advisory firm is very originally called Gabe Nelson Financial Incorporated. Um, I always get a kick out of that. People will ask me, what's the name of your business? Uh, Well, you ready? (laughs) It's Gabe Nelson Financial Incorporated. Um, And then I have a podcast. It's called Solopreneur Money. It launched uh, in... um, kind of in the middle of the pandemic, April 15th of 2020, my podcast launched and it's called Solopreneur Money. And the whole idea is to help solopreneurs master their finances so that they can create the life that they want. And that's what Gabe Nelson Financial Incorporated does is I help solopreneurs master their finances and uh, help them to give them the freedom to create the life that they want. So that is what it is that I do and why we're talking today. You know, silly question, but why in the world would an entrepreneur need to know anything about finances? Well, that that is um, a great question. Why would an entrepreneur need to know anything about finances? Because frankly, that's what this is all about. Um, in, in, you know, all of us started a company for some reason. And when we start a company for a reason, we're generally looking for a couple of different things. Usually the biggest one is freedom. And the second thing is we want to control our destiny when it comes to money is what it has a tendency to happen. And so what I've found over the years is we need to know our finances so that we can then enjoy the life that we're trying to enjoy from working so stinking hard. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I think it's interesting because I absolutely agree with you. And I think the um, IRS definition of owning a business is something like having enough money to have profit. And I can't remember the exact word, but it's business and enough money to live on are synonymous with each other and should be. But I think it's interesting. And one of the reasons I wanted you on here is because so many of the people that I talk with that are 
just getting started. And even some of us who've been in business for quite a while, money really doesn't enter into it, at least on the surface. When we say we want to be in business for ourselves, yes, we want freedom. We want to be able to take vacations. We want to be able to spend time with our friends and our family. You know, we want to put our kids through school. We want to buy a new house, you know, all these kinds of things. But the term money doesn't come into the vocabulary. And I think a lot of us need to switch our mindset up a little bit because we can't do anything without having that money coming in. If we're running a business and we're not making money, we have a hobby. Am I, am I right? Is, is, this, is what I'm saying making sense? <laughs> Well, it makes a lot of sense. Or, or we're running a really crappy nonprofit. Is, is <laughs> but what even we're nonprofits doing. are supposed to have money. <laughs> exactly. They're still supposed to make money. And a lot of times entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, especially ones that get going all by themselves, uh, they, they focus on the work. And a lot of times we don't know how much we really should be charging so that we can be profitable. Um and then what happens is, is we're working like crazy, but then we look up one years, two years, three years down the road and we go, holy crap, I've been working for harder than I ever have for the last three years. I don't have anything to show for it. How come? Well, there's a lot of reasons for the how come. A lot of times uh, we make that step over from being our own boss, uh, an employee for someone into our own boss. And a mistake I see often is someone will say, well, my company was billing me out at $200 an hour to, th to this company. I'm going to go and I'm going to bill myself out, let's just say for fun and games, $150 an hour. Not realizing that the company needed to cover their overhead. They covered, needed to cover their profit. They needed to cover taxes, expenses, everything that comes into play. That was where that $200 uh, an hour came in. And if you step in as an entrepreneur and you charge 150, but that 150 is what you were hoping to take home, well, there's $50 left over that that really should have probably been charged to be able to pay your overhead, to set money aside for taxes, to set money aside for retirement, to set money aside to protect your business so that if another COVID hits and you go without revenues for one, three, six months, are you prepared? Those are the things that I see often happen as well. Yeah. How are you different than an accountant? How am I different than an accountant? I don't do taxes. I don't do taxes, meaning I don't do a tax return. But I'll tell my clients I'm just about as dangerous as one. And the reason <laughs> I say that is, is I do a ton of tax planning. Everything that I do when it comes to managing my clients' portfolios, to planning for retirement, to doing the things that I do to help my clients get to their goals, always has an eye on taxes. How do we continuously reduce taxes? How can we take a dollar and put that money to work and not only help us grow towards retirement, but also reduce our tax bill? What are things that we can do that are always going to be um, helping to reduce any tax bills that come into play. And as our solopreneurs, the ones I work with, have a tendency to continue to get more and more successful. And the small business owners that I work with 
taxes become a problem because we're dealing with self-employment taxes. Then we're also dealing with, you know, paying ordinary income taxes. So how can we start to manage what we're doing with an idea on reducing taxes? So I'm not accountant. Uh, I'm not a CPA. I'm a certified financial planner, but I tell people I'm just dangerous enough to not do your tax return, but advise really well on everything. And dangerous enough is a sarcastic word or maybe a fun word to put it, a fun way to put it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I think of a financial planner, I think of someone who um, takes our money and puts it into different pots like this stock and that annuity and all of these things. Do you do that as well? Or is that not really a part of what you do with small businesses? I do. I manage the money. Uh, I was just actually uh, visiting with someone else uh, just a little bit ago. And they had asked me what I did. And I said, well, in the simplest of terms, what I do is I take small business owners and solopreneurs by the hand. And I say, all right, what are our goals? What are our objectives? What do we need to do to get us there? So I create a financial plan to help you achieve your goals. And that's usually the reason someone hires a financial planner is they want help achieving their goals. That's the first thing I do. I create a plan that says, here's the things we got to do to get you to your goals. Then my clients hire me and they delegate the management of their assets to me. So they'll give me their retirement accounts. They'll give me their investment accounts. I will invest those Uh, to match their risk tolerance, their time horizon, what they're comfortable with. And I will manage that money for them and help them through that process. And then continuously advise on all of the changing landscapes that come at them and how to continuously stay on track to achieve their goals. I'm a small business. I have just a little bit of money. I'm just getting started. I may make, you know, $500 a month. I come to you and I say, Gabe, what can you do to help me? What would you say? At $500 a month, if that's what you are making, I'm going to basically give you a little bit of free advice and tell you that the best thing you can do is figure out a way to take that $500 a month to a thousand a month and to 2000 a month and to 3000 a month. So my advice is going to most likely be how can we keep you from making the big mistake while you're trying to grow? Do you have debt that you need to be working on? Do you have expenses that you are incurring that you don't need to? I mean, we all have a subscription to something that we pay every single month that hits our credit card that we don't need. And so how could we start to figure out ways to reduce that, to increase your cash flow? Um, at $500 a month, I'm hoping that you either A, have a very good reserve set aside to be able to allow you to survive uh, until you continuously make more, or maybe that's a side hustle. And if that's a side hustle, okay, how can you turn that into your main hustle? What are the steps that you need to go through? And so I'll have conversations with my clients that have absolutely nothing to do with their financial plan, but with how to make some twists with their businesses, some things they can do to help them get on that path of making that switch over. One of the funnest things that that I've done over the last few years with multiple clients is when they come to me and they're like, I'm, I'm sick of working for this other company. I think I can go do it myself and be a consultant, or I think I can talk my company into switching me over from being a W-2 to a 1099. 
And that is to me, that's just, that gets me excited because it's so much fun to help them understand the transition, but then what are the steps they need to go through everything from making sure they have their LLC set up to making sure their books are set up to making sure their retirement is on track and all of the things they need to be doing with their financial plan to get there. But at $500 a month to answer that question, I'm going to say, let's figure out how to get you from $500 a month to much more than that. And that's going to be a quick little um, consultation. Um, unfortunately, I, I charge $500 a month approximately to do what it is that I do to help people get to their goals and, and to go where they are. Yeah. One of the things that I've always said is I, if I'm spending $500 a month on a service, I expect to get some sort of a, of a return on my investment that's worth it. I'm not going to spend 10 cents on something if it's going to, you know, if I'm actually going to lose 50 cents in, in spending that 10 cents, you know. Um, but when a business is first getting started, they're not making money. They're, they may be lucky to be making $500 a month. And they oftentimes, and I think I was joking with you about this when we were talking the other day, I've literally heard people say, in all seriousness, I've got to have money in the bank account. I've still got checks. You know, when people used to write checks. Yes. You know, they they don't understand what we're, we're right back to this. You got to have money thing again. They don't understand what is having money, what is having revenues, what is making a profit. You know, they think I got money in my account. I can go buy this. I can go get that subscription. I can, you know, I have to look nice for my meetings. So I got to go buy all these new clothes and they're not realizing what that does to the bottom line. Um, I have I have a client who actually is, I don't know if she's a CPA, but she works in the accounting field. Mm -hmm. And um, for two years, I tried to get, she and her husband own a, a business, and I tried to get them to figure out if they got out, because they both have full-time jobs, if they got out of those full-time jobs and went into their business full-time, what did they have to make in order to be at least at the same level as they're at now? And I said, you've got you've to add in all your taxes. You got to add in your medical. You got to add in everything that your business takes care of for you that you're then going to be having to take care of yourself. And I couldn't get them to do that. They all they wanted to talk about was I want to get out of my day job and do this full time. And I'm saying, what do you need to do to do that? Well, I just need to quit. You know, no. <laughs> so what do you tell somebody who's thinking about starting a business? I tell them exactly what you just did. Uh, what you were trying to tell your clients, I tell them, okay, let's sit down. Let's get an understanding of what it is that you need to live every single month. How much does it cost to pay all of your bills to live? And I always, in my client meetings, I ask it like this, Nancy, if I had to write you a check today, to pay your next month's bills, how much would that be? 
just off the top of your head. You're going to give me a number. It might be $3,000. It might be $5,000. It might be $10,000. But then I'm going to know what you need to live every month. Then I back it back. I come back to that and I say, okay, well, now you're going to have to do just like you said, Nancy. Now we got to cover for your taxes because now you're going to have subject to self-employment taxes. You're going to have your ordinary income taxes. You're also going to need to make sure that you have your medical insurance in place. Were there additional benefits that you had at your job that we need to replace? And so my thinking and my brain is going with when you started to tell that story, Nancy, the first thing I thought of is they really, truly don't want to quit their job. They, 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 they're, they're either A, they don't want to do it or B, they're scared. And frankly, being scared is very, very normal for making that leap. Not everybody can make that leap, but being scared is one thing. But being willing to do the work to understand whether you can make that change is a whole nother level of thinking that maybe they weren't ready for yet. So I would go through the process of how much do you need to live? All right, we can figure that piece out. How much are the taxes going to be? We can get an estimate of that. What's the benefits going to cost you to replace your health insurance to, or go on COBRA for a bit? And did you have life insurance? Did you have retirement? All those things that we need to make sure we account for. And then let's take a look at your business. What kind of revenues has your business, this side business, been producing for the last one year, for two years in your case? And what do we think it could do if, in fact, you did go full time? Do we think it could double? Do we think it could triple? But then the other thing that I would ask them to do is I would ask them to get three to six months for sure, preferably a year of those living expenses set aside so that they can make the transition and not freak out. Like when financial advisors go on their own, the standard is have three years of revenue set aside. Because if you're going to go start a firm and you're going to get going and you're going to do it right, you probably might, you, you may not get paid for the first three years. So you better be ready to handle that. Now, I didn't do that. I, I, I decided in the middle of May that I was going to go start my own firm. Now we had rev we had reserves set aside, but we didn't have three years of reserves set aside. I just finally got sick of the company I was working with, went home and I looked at Melissa, my wife, and I said, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm going to go start my own firm. And I explained it, kind of gave her a roadmap. She's like, all right, go get it done. Three months later, I had my firm set up and ready to go. And then the financial crisis hit. And so uh, 2008, August 1st of 08 was day one. And I think it was 45 days later, Lehman went bankrupt and the market dropped like crazy. And I watched my revenues go down like crazy. I survived, uh, but I would urge people to learn from that mistake that I made is I didn't have even one year's of revenue set aside to protect us. Uh, and so what I would advise them to do in that instance is make sure they've got the safety net set aside. Six months, absolute minimum, 12 months better, three years even better so that when they make that transition to their own company, they can do it with as little stress as possible. So now they can focus on the business rather than freaking out and worrying about what clients are going to come on because every one of us has done it. Every one of us small business owner that's listening, when you're freaking, about rev freaking out about revenues, what do you do? You take whatever clients you can possibly get. They may be pains in the butt. I call them PETAs. They may be unprofitable, which then really is it worth doing all the work if they're not even profitable. There's all kinds of things that can come about in the bad way for your business when you're putting on clients that you shouldn't be putting on. Growing a successful business is hard enough. 
but trying to do it while adjusting to a new challenge, like a chronic illness, can definitely derail the best of us. Nancy understands. She has been there, done that. With 30 years of success, she knows the necessary business hacks to increase your income and relieve the day-to-day stress of running a business, all while living in an uncooperative body. Nancy can help you. Connect with her today through the links in the show notes so you can see your business soar higher. You know, and that's, that is so true. And it doesn't end as you get bigger and as you get more successful. I'm, I'm starting a program right now and I've got this one person that keeps coming back to me and she keeps saying, I want to be a part of your program. I want to be a part of your program. I'll send her the link. I'll send her all you have to do to sign up is this. I've given her free advice and, you know, which I never should have done, but I believe in giving, you know, anyway, whether they're your client or not. And then you don't hear from her for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then all of a sudden there she is back again. And I'm going, well, I really need to have so many people in this new program in order to kick the program off. I'm just going to. And then I went, you know what? I don't need that $175 a month that I'm going to be getting from her because it's just not worth it. And I finally sent her a message and said, look, I'm giving you one last opportunity, you know, join now or the price is going up at the end of May and it's going up significantly. And, you know, that's it. I'm not, this is your last you know, your last time that I'm, that I'm offering this to you at this price. If she comes back, at least I'll be getting a whole lot more money, (laughs) but you have, you have to be able to cut your losses because they're really not always losses. I'm going, I don't want her for a client anyway. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, um, there's a coaching program that I'm involved in for financial advisors and, and the, the lead coach talks about a three strike rule. All right. First time. Okay, fine. I understand that, you know, uh, three strikes, meaning I followed up with you three times at the end of the three times I'm done following up. Uh, and so therefore, uh, you know, the first time, okay, you're busy life happens. Second time. All right. I'm going to give you one more. Uh, and then the third time, you're obviously not ready to make a change. You're obviously not ready to do this yet or make this commitment yet, which is fine. Just so you know, I'm here. If you would like to consider, then reach back out. If not, and maybe I'm just not the right person for you, I happily will refer you to some others. Here's some other people that we can send you to. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, I, but you're so accurate when you say when we're just getting started with things it's oh come on come on come on I'm going to take anything I can get and then you sit and you turn to your friends and your mentors and your coaches and you go why did I do that and all you ever do is is complain because you've but you were so scared about not having enough money that you just were you know vacuuming anything and everything up that you could get so we we do need to really put something in place that i like the three uh the three strikes rule i think that really makes a lot of sense i am going to jump now to Mm -hmm. a little bit of a different topic we've been talking about people who want to start businesses people who are just starting out. Um, I would be remiss since my podcast is all about 
people who are successful but have had challenges come up. So I need to talk about that a little bit. Say, and hopefully, if you're an established successful business, you've got some of these finances that in, in savings or whatever. But say you're working along, you have you have a successful business, and then something happens, like me. I didn't plan on get, getting hit by a car. You know, I didn't plan on not working for three years after the accident, and everything I had went right down the tubes because I wasn't working. Not only did I lose all of my financial backing, but I lost a lot in emotions. I lost a lot in health. And I know other people who have been in the same circumstances. And now we may, because we were self-employed, we may not have had health insurance. We may not have had a lot of benefits because we were self-employed. What do you tell people like that who are now trying to get back up and get going again a second time. Same thing, something different. How do they take care of themselves? How do they take care of their medical issues? You know, why, while trying to earn a living and actually make some money. Let me make sure I understand the question just to be safe. So not prior to the accident in let's say in your case but post accident that's the question mm -hmm. okay first thing that i would tell is first of all we got it we and, and i'm going to be blunt with this let's keep you alive first let's 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 get you healthy and then let's start building forward in baby steps and so what is the first thing that we need to do to get you back going again and so if that was the case, have an accident, we're out of work for a few years, we're trying to rebuild our situation is, okay, what could you do to start to create a revenue stream that comes into your business? And so are there additional things you can do? Meaning, can you create a course? Can you create a mastermind? Can you create something that automatically starts to then bring in revenues so that you are getting the benefit of your website working for you 24 hours a day versus you having to work 24 hours a day. Because if you are out of work for a while, there's a good chance that your energy may not be there to work the hours that you did prior to, let's say, an accident. And you and I had that conversation before. There's, you know, there's limitations to the amount of time that you can work that allows you to go, okay, what can I do to be strategic about where I'm at? So let's say we get the income stream turning on once we have the income stream turning on, now it's time to rebuild. And I treat financial planning very, very simply. First thing we got to do is we got to get you some cash. We got to get emergency savings built up. Let's start with one month. Let's work our place, work ourselves up to six months. I like getting my solopreneurs closer to 12 months because when things like COVID hit, it doesn't hurt so bad. Now, the next step we go to is we start working our way through the financial planning spectrum. And so we have our cash taken care of. Now, can we start getting money set aside for our retirement? Can we start to allocate resources to make sure that our life insurance is kept up to date? Can we uh, make sure that we have resources allocated to cover for our health insurance? Now, 
someone coming off of a traumatic injury uh, might then qualify for social security disability income insurance. They might get that type of a benefit if they didn't have disability income insurance before. That's one of the things that I talk to my solopreneur clients about the, the ones that are able to afford it is let's look at getting you some disability income insurance in place. Cause frankly, the likelihood of a disabling event happening is much greater than a death event for most of us. Uh, and therefore we start looking at that. Well, let's say that that's not in place. Do we qualify for social security disability income insurance that gives us some coverage based upon our prior work history? And then we start to repair, we start to build back up. So we go, like I said, with cash, then we start working on building towards the investments and the retirement. Do we make sure, uh, and I would have to put the health insurance piece. If we didn't have it, we got to get that put in place, which then when there is a, uh, an event that happens in the past that causes this, there might be insurability issues. Uh, thankfully, with the Affordable Care Act, there's no um, pre-existing conditions on a lot of things. And so we just keep working our way through the spectrum of uh, the financial planning pieces from cash to protection to accumulation to making sure that we have our legal pieces in place. Do we have our LLC in place? Do we need to switch to an S-Corp or do we file as an S-Corp? It would basically just be a process of building back through the financial planning spectrum. And um, then, you know, what would be the best decisions each step of the way? Sounds like I need to sign up with you. <laughs> <laughs> I will be calling we, you after this. <laughs> yeah, we, we can I, have that conversation. Throw, <laughs> I'm going to throw you a, a curve question and you and you feel free to say no, but one of the things that I deal with is, and I know a lot of other people have too, are we, do you know, are we eligible for social security disability if we're back running our own business? Great question. It's going to be determined by the, um, generally the answer in the simplest of terms is going to be no, because you are working. All right. And so generally the answer is no, but can you qualify while you are getting yourself recovered and getting yourself back to working to get your business up and going again? And so the, the social security disability income insurance would be a great thing that's going to give you a little coverage for that time period. The problem is, is getting qualified for social security disability income insurance is not the easiest thing in the world. And sometimes you need to get an attorney involved to help get that process to go quicker. Um, and there are also government organizations or government funded organizations. There's one in our community, it's called independent living choices. And um, I had a client here a few years ago who had a disabling event and I reached out to them because historically I had heard 18 to 36 months to get someone qualified for social security disability income insurance. And I just went to uh, the CEO and I said, how fast can you get somebody approved with, with your help? He says, we can usually get it done in about six months. So there are resources out there in all of your communities that are similar to that. And what they do is they help individuals basically live independently in the community and they have access and they have the ability to help with programs is what they have. And ours in Sioux Falls, South Dakota is called independent living choices is what they did. Um, the 
pre-work prior to the accident, which all of us think we are invincible, unfortunately, the pre-work would be to consider getting yourself some disability income insurance. And then the big goal of making sure that you get an adequate amount, generally you can get about two thirds of your uh, income. Um, for anybody that's a new self-employed person that's listening, going, oh my gosh, I got to go get that taken care of because that, that scares me. The thing you need to understand is most insurance companies are going to want to see two years of self-employment in place before they're going to approve you for coverage. But the biggest piece of advice I tell anybody that ever looks at disability income insurance is you want to look for what's called an own, um, own occupation definition of disability. And now let me, let me give you an example to what that means. So I have a client of mine who um, I tell the story on my podcast. I got a phone call on a Friday afternoon and we'll call the husband uh, Paul. I'll change the names. Paul happened to be my best man in my wedding. So I'll have a little fun. Paul, Paul calls me on a Friday afternoon and, and, and I can just hear it in his voice. Something is wrong. And he's like, I'm like, Hey, Paul, how you doing? And he says to me, he says, Kelly's got cancer. Like, Oh, okay. And he says, it's not good. I said, okay. And I said, help me understand. He goes, I'm pretty sure she's going to need to lose her arm to, 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 to take care of this. I'm like, okay. Um, just so you know, I'll l- let me take a few minutes on Monday morning. I'm going to look over everything. I'll get back to you and let you know kind of financial plan piece, but I'm 99.9% sure you guys are fine. Even if something happens to Kelly, I know you're going to be okay financially, but I also know that you have a disability income insurance policy in place. Now, if in fact she did lose her arm, she would not be able to continue her work as a medical professional. I, I, I mean, she wouldn't be able to continue to what she did, but she could go teach. And so she could go into the, once she was recovered, she could go teach. And so what I, what I had told Paul and Kelly is that, all right, well, if in fact this does happen and you do lose the use of this arm, because it is going to need to be amputated to protect your life from the cancer, you're no longer going to be able to do what you're going to do but your income is going to continue through the disability income insurance policy that you purchased. But let's just say for fun and games, after you're recovered, you go and you start teaching or you go into management or you go in to do something different than what you were doing before. Not only will you get the salary from the new position, your benefits continue because you are no longer able to perform the substantial material duties of what you were doing before. So let's just say a solopreneur ended up or uh, one of your business owners ended up getting a disability income insurance and they couldn't do what they were doing, but they could pivot to something else. If they have the proper definition of disability, they're able to what I call double dip. Now, the good thing is, is Kelly got multiple opinions, came back, had a uh, type of um, treatment that allowed her to keep her arm. She's in full remission. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, so a great ending to that story. The good thing is, is they were already protected. They knew they were going to be okay financially regardless. And that's the beauty of planning of all of that through. So I hope that answers the question uh, of that. Yeah, it does. It. Absolutely. I just, I had, but you know, this uh, hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? You know, mm-hmm. when I applied for social security disability and it was 
quite a while ago. I was told as long as I could lay in bed and sell light bulbs, I was not qualified for disability. <laughs> and I and I took it as you know God's truth and never went any farther with anything. Now it's probably too late for me to try to do anything about it. But I don't want those kinds of things to happen to other people. So it's good to hear that you know if you have the right backing. Um, you may be able to have a better <laughs> outcome than selling light bulbs from bed. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. I tell, you. I tell you. Well, we have actually reached the end of our time. I can't believe it. It went so fast. What have we not talked about that you really feel like you need to share with us? The thing that comes to mind based on our conversation, uh, you know, we've talked about making sure you choose the right type of clients. We've talked about making sure that you are planning things out in your business as well as your life to do what you need to do. And we even, you know, talked about making sure that you build up some adequate savings and making sure you're on track to achieving your goals and then having some protections in place. The biggest thing that I'd like your your small business owner listeners to to take away is Think about the type of life you want to live and how can you have your business support that? Too many of us spend our whole entire lives working and then we look back and go, what the heck did I just do? I worked like crazy, but I didn't have any fun along the way. And, I, and I'm reminded of the farmers that retire, they sit in the chair and then they die. And so what I would say to your listeners is, Take the time to smell the roses along the way. Figure out how to have this business support your life so that your life is great as you go along through this. Because frankly, it's kind of boring to not have some fun as you go along. And so my big thing is, is think about how your business can support your life and then put the steps in place for your business as well as your financial planning to allow you to have the peace of mind to, to enjoy life and to take the time to smell the roses and have a great life. I'm not saying don't work hard. I'm just saying work smart, but figure out a way to have the business support your life. That's the big I, thing I'd like to take away. Yeah, I love it. Uh, it's so much better to have your business support your life than have your life support your business. <laughs> yes. So thank you so much, Gabe. This has just been an absolutely wonderful talk today. I hope everybody took tons of notes. I know I did. And I'm going to be checking into some of these things as soon as we're off this call. And uh, if you want to have any more questions answered, would you be open to having somebody send you a message and talking to them? Oh, of course. Of course. I'm always willing to, to, to share information and to take calls. The best thing to do is go to my website, go to gabenelsonfinancial.com, click on the start here button, and it just walks you through everything. And there's even a contact us where you can say, Hey, I'd like to schedule a 15 minute call with Gabe and my assistant, Christina will get you dialed in and we'll take some time and go through and answer whatever questions you have. You can uh, check me out on my podcast, podcast is solopreneur money on wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And uh, the other place that I'm pretty active in social media would be LinkedIn. That's the other place that you can find me. But the best, just go to GabeNelsonFinancial.com, click on the start here button or the contact us, 
and Christina will get you on a phone call or a Zoom call, and I'll gladly, gladly answer any questions uh, to help you get on the right path. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Hey, guys, this has been an incredible conversation today. You can hear this on Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. Our podcast goes live. And um, there will be more wonderful presenters in the future. If you know of someone that you think would be a good guest, let me know. Uh, if you have ideas for conversations that we can have, let me know that too. And until next time, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Take care, everybody, and we'll talk again super soon. Bye-bye, y'all.